You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning, and I'm really excited to welcome back on the program the one and the only Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, it's great to speak to you. How are you today? Good morning. I'm really well. How are you doing today, Noreen? Yes, I'm doing very well. Um, well, since speaking to you, I think before that I was a bit like, oh my goodness. But now after speaking to you, I feel a bit more cheered up, actually. <laughs> and I'm excited for the audio column today. You've chosen a fascinating topic. Yes, spiderwebs. So why are we talking about spiderwebs? Yeah, where did that come from? Okay, well, we've just had Halloween. So um, I was taking down the measly Halloween decorations I had put up for my family, and they had a big spiderweb. And I thought, oh, it's so funny how we put spiderwebs all over everything. And, you know, you think about haunted houses with spiderwebs. And then I, was just, I just went into a bit of a, a thought you know, a bit of a journey in my thoughts about it and thought about spiderwebs in Hong Kong. And I was kind of remembering all the different spiderwebs I'd encountered here, including walking through one of those huge kind of, um, I think they're called huntsman spiders. Are they huntsman spiders? You know, the big oh, ones yes, that we the get. The very big ones. Yep, that's right. Are they huntsmen? Somebody will be listening. Please correct me if you're listening and I've gotten that wrong. Oh, I, um, I, I just, well, I didn't assume, but I remember reading um, on Hong Kong Bug City too that, yes, the, the very big one, and there are huntsmen's in Hong Kong. They're, yes, uh, they're, they're and, different ones from the ones in Australia, though. I, that, that's that's from what I know. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I'm sure. They're probably less deadly. And then, um, <laughs> yes, they're absolutely. enormous. And I remember when I was living on Lama, there was one that had made this incredible web outside my bedroom door, um, and it was about six feet the diameter of this web it was huge it was enormous noreen it was the most spectacular beautiful thing and then there was a huge storm one night big typhoon and the next morning i hadn't realized but it must have all blown off and i walked through it as i was leaving my house and i didn't realize and i was getting ready and as i was walking to the ferry i looked down and i sort of felt like i was covered in all this sticky stuff and i didn't realize i was covered in this web and this big huntsman spider was crawling up my leg. It was like proper stuff of a horror show. I mean, I find them remarkably beautiful. I just don't want them on my body. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, um, but it did make me think about that. And then I also thought about how I've been hiking in Hong Kong before. And I've seen spider webs where they've, they've used something like a leaf or like a little like piece part of a tree, kind of like a small pine cone or something, to create a counterweight to their web because they, you know what I mean? So these hanging webs. And I'm like, that's a feat of engineering. And I don't have an engineering brain. So I used to ask my husband, I'm like, how does that work? That's an engineering principle they've put into play there, that they've hung something so that they can create another counterpoint to create a whole web that's hanging in the air. And he's like, it is. So anyway, this is how I got to the topic today. And I wanted to dive into it a little bit more. And as I did, I'm completely gobsmacked because it is, it is so fascinating. So, firstly, some webs are incredibly intricate and we think that their design is purely functional, right? You've just got a web to trap, trap bugs so you can eat them. But apparently that's not always the case. Some spiders, especially spiders called orb weavers, actively decorate their webs with extra silk known as stabilimenta. And the stabilimenta represents this, this idea that, you know, um, that, structures were struck uh, that the structures were purely structural but they also say that you don't find stabilimenta for example in nocturnal spiders webs which suggests that they're designed to be seen so that's kind of an incredible idea again so that's first first fascinating thing the next thing is that spider webs don't just intercept prey they attract them and i didn't know this it's a big misconception so you have this idea that a spider sets up their web 
and then they just wait for something to fly into their web. But actually, many spiders seem to be much more proactive in their web building, and they build webs that are designed to actively attract insect prey, not just trap the unlucky ones. And they, um, they shine. They're shiny for a reason, because many insects have better visual perception in UV wavelengths of light, and spider webs are much more reflective in UV light, which could attract insects. So this is really fascinating as well, that like things could be flying at the web because it looks shiny. Yes, and then don't really see it or they get stuck or they get attracted to it. Yes, exactly. Yes. So they just they they get stuck. They just attracted to it. They land on it because they're wondering what it is, all those sorts of things. It's really interesting. Also, apparently spiders replace their web every day. Right. Not all of them, but many of them do. And the larger webs, they obviously cost the spider more energy to produce because if you're going to make a massive spider web, it's going to take you a lot of time. It's going to take you a lot of energy, which really adds up if you're having to rebuild it every day. But larger catches offset that because you're going to have a bigger meal. Right. So if you make a massive web, you can catch a lot more food. So it kind of makes more sense, which is fascinating as well. Now, the spider silk that creates a web is super interesting. It transforms from liquid protein to solid thread when it leaves the body, right? Like it goes through this entire process. Um, and so inside their bodies, this, the thread is stored as a highly concentrated liquid. Now, a common garden spider can produce as many as seven types of silk, each made up of a different sequence of proteins. And each type of thread serves a distinct purpose. One, for example, makes the web stretchy and better able to absorb the impact of insects smacking into it. And another makes the thread less brittle. And other ones, you know, they protect it from bacteria or fungi. And other ones keep it moist so it doesn't dry out. Like, think about the principles involved in this. It's mind-blowing. You know, if you or I were to be given some string and make a web, we would not be able to do it nearly as sophisticated as spiders do just instinctively through evolution right I th- and yeah sorry sorry go, go on no it's just it's just that incredible idea that you know like um we think about webs in one way but then mm, they're actually yeah. an entire structure you know it's it's the, the thread is different in different parts of it to to make it more of an engineering feat of incredibleness <laughs> exactly and i heard it they're super super strong as well for its um for, for its diameter it's as strong as um steel or something like that yes it is so spider silk is stronger by weight than steel so it's lighter than cotton and a thousand times thinner than a human hair but it's also incredibly, incredibly strong. So this is true. So quantitatively, spider silk is five times stronger than steel of the same diameter. So if you were to put steel that thin, it wouldn't be as strong, right? And spider silk is highly elastic too. In some cases, stretching four times its original length without breaking and retains its strength below minus 40 degrees Celsius. So if it was freezing cold, it's not going to freeze and snap and become brittle. Isn't that amazing? That is That's what it's able to do. Yeah, so it's quite incredible. And, like, it's not just just the fact that, like, you know, so light, temperature, humidity, all of these things can affect the way that, uh, you know, the strength of a web. But that's also just remarkable because their spiders are actually able to compensate for that as well, which is also pretty incredible. Um, and it's the kinds of different webs that you can have as well. Like there's one, this one I couldn't stop looking at. I just couldn't get over it. There's a, a spider in Europe and Asia called the diving bell spider. 
and it spends its entire life underwater. It's the only spider to be known to do so, a spider that lives underwater. And it can survive underwater because it creates a bell-shaped web which it anchors to aquatic plants with additional lines of silk. And then it climbs these lines of silk and lifts its, lifts its bum out of the water to collect air bubbles around the tiny hairs on its legs and its abdomen. Right, so the air bubbles cling to it, and then it holds those air bubbles between its back legs, goes back inside its little bell-shaped web, and places the bubbles inside to form one large bubble. Oh. <laughs> and then it lives in that bubble. I can't even. I can't, I can't e- even imagine. I, I, I'm trying to imagine. Sorry. <laughs> So it captures these bubbles of air from outside the water because they cling to it. Because, like, if you think about it, like, if it's got like hairy legs, right? If you imagine on a kind of a microscopic level, little hairs. So air bubbles get stuck in its hairs as it comes out of the water, and it grabs well, because them. Because it's water it, repellent. Exactly, yes. and then it pulls them down into its little diving bell thing, and it pulls those bubbles up, and then feeds them into a bigger bubble to just feed this air into its diving bell bubble, and then it lives in the bubble. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even. Yeah, I'm it's pretty, pretty amazing. Speechless. This is like really some amazing creature. I'm gonna it really uh, is. yeah, new newfound respect for spiders. I mean, I I, I always like spiders. I was never one of those people to be like afraid of spiders. Um, although although I have to I have to say, if they are really really big, I wouldn't necessarily go really close to them to get a closer no. look. I I love them. I just don't want them on my body. Yes. That's that's all. That's all. <laughs> Um, but again, it's it's this incredible thing, and we're learning so much about them as well. Because obviously, spider silk being so flexible, light, strong, and water resistant, it has a lot of potential applications. And some researchers are busy, busy developing bio-inspired synthetic versions of spider silk, which are like a liquid wire, and also looking at adhesives because um, you know used from protein as well. Now, this is super interesting. Taking inspiration from spider silk, researchers have recently made big strides in designing medical devices, parts, and supplies that need to be strong and stretchy or sticky. And this can include things like artificial tendons, ligaments, implants, as well as sutures, adhesives, and bandages. So things that can keep wounds closed, help us heal a bit better. And the thing is with spider silk protein is also aiding in the design of textiles and protective products that need to be strong and flexible, but also light, like body armor or airbags or even athletic helmets, right? Now, the problem is there's a lot of ideas, but actually using spider silk or the protein has a big drawback, harvesting enough, right? (laughs) Spiders are pretty small. They're making a very small quantity of this stuff. And actually, you know, we can't really use enough, you know, you can't reach commercial scale production. So researchers have turned to this thing. This sounds like proper sci-fi stuff. Okay, this is when it gets a bit weird called transgenetics, where they insert the genes for spider silk into other organisms like E. coli bacteria, which reproduce really, really quickly. And also goats, as in goats, goat, as, in, uh, as in a goat. <laughs> they put spider DNA into goats, right, oh. which is where it gets a bit like scary next Marvel movie kind of thing, right? Now, they can harvest components of spider silk from goat milk when they do this. And the hope is that eventually they'd be able to extract those proteins on a scale large enough to support mass production. So 
it's quite incredible if you think about it that way, right? Like that's the kind of thing that they're working on at the moment wow. is extracting spider silk proteins from goat milk so that we can use it in like medical in the medical realm. Oh, it's kind of amazing. Um, and as I said, like it's super, super. Um, it's super diverse, the kinds of uh, spiders and how they make these webs. Um, silk gives them lots of high um, housing options that, you know, we have things with, you know, the, the, the classic flat web, right? Then you have spiral webs, tubes, funnels, trap doors, and like I said, the diving bell, the, the submarine web as well. Um, also, <laughs> silk, can be, silk can be really useful for transportation too. So many spiders make silk sails, which let, help them to travel long distances, which is called ballooning, which is absolutely amazing. And this is a common way for spiderlings, which is an adorable word, um, to disperse from their birthplace. So even like, so when they're born, they create these little webs and then they just fly away on the breeze to go out it alone, right? Yeah which is super cute. Um, and even um, it's even been seen that orb weavers have used silk to slingshot themselves at prey, <laughs> which is pretty amazing as well. Um, um, and in one of the strangest looking uses of spider silk, a species from the Amazon rainforest makes little silken towers surrounded by a tiny picket fence. Oh. And... Yeah, it's so cute. They, they're nicknamed silk henge spiders because the little structures vaguely resemble stone henge. Oh my and, goodness, that is so yeah, cute. Yes, and researchers have, um, they, they haven't really learned why they make these little structures, but it seems to be that what they've done, and this is just going to pull on your heartstrings that you won't believe, is make tiny protective playpens for their spider babies. <gasps> oh, that's so cute. Isn't that adorable? <laughs> like, and just using their, using their silk to do that. Imagine how much money we'd save as parents if we were able to just provide, provide our children it's, with play stuff. Yeah, it's sort of like Elsa with her magic, you know, making snowmen and yes, making things. Yes. Oh, well, not for the children, but oh, still so cute. Isn't that amazing? That's very cute. Um, yes. And, and what are they called? Nicknamed Stonehenge. Silkhenge. Uh, Silkhenge. Silkhenge okay. spiders. That's the one. Um, also, this is lovely. I really love this one. Spiders tune and pluck their silk like a guitar. Okay, so they can learn a lot from even the slightest vibrations in their web. So if something's trapped in their web and that vibration's happening, like something's stuck, it's trying to get out, right? Now, you know, they, they pay very close attention to those, those vibrations. But in recent years, scientists have found this is a lot more complex than it looks. And when compared with other materials, spider silk can be uniquely tuned to a wide range of harmonics. So ch spiders tune their silk like a guitar, adjusting the properties and the tension so that they can feel those tiny vibrations and they can feel them like more attuned to them. So it's not just all over the place. Oh, I wonder what it is. They can actually understand what type of meal is waiting for them. And, you know, they can actually like it's like a whole security system and everything. And so like by plucking the silk like a guitar string and listening to the echoes that come back, they can also assess the condition of their web. So they can think, oh, the upper right hand corner's got some damage because I'm not hearing the reverberation back through the vibrations of the web. Come on. Mm. It's like it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um also spider silk seems to have some antimicrobial properties too, which is amazing. So um People have been, uh, you know, long, long ago, people were already fascinated by things that were happening um, with, you know, different, different types of creatures and how we could apply this to ourselves. And, and apparently, um, Polynesian 
anglers, so people who were fisher, fishers, um, fishermen, used to rely on the toughness of certain spider silk to help them catch fish. Now, this, um, so this would be like kind of studying how spider webs worked to apply that design to their nets. So we are learning from the way that nature is to make it better, right? Mm. But apparently also, um, ancient Greek and Roman soldiers used to use cobwebs to stop wounds from bleeding. Oh really? Which is oh, yeah, which I think is incredible. Sort of antibacterial property or Yeah, something like that and just the stickiness, the adhesive oh, yes. quality of that and how it could help, you know. Um so its toughness and the elasticity likely made it very well suited for covering wounds. But spider silk was also, as you said, thought to have these antiseptic properties. Um and according to modern researchers, these ancient appreciators um would really onto something and now they're doing all this uh, they're doing even more study into this now as well, which is super amazing. Um, I have quotes to finish on today, Noreen. Yes, please. Go for it. Um, Okay, so I have two. Um, The first one is funny. Um, It's from comedian Dimitri Martin. He says, sometimes it looks like I'm dancing, but it's just that I walked into a spider web. (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling very well. And um, Carl Sandberg said, Poetry is a fresh morning spider web telling a story of moonlit hours of weaving and waiting during a night. Oh, very. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I thought that was lovely. Yes, poetic element to it. Right, Cruzy, well, thank you so much for your sharing today. Um, I look forward to more audio columns with you next week. Thank you so much. I'm going to really look up the Silkhenge spider. That really is so cute. Little playpens. Thank you so much. Adorable. Adorable. See you next week. Thank you so much. Bye.